Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Mike. And I'm Marty. And this is Two Guys, A League, and Some Guests. Let's get it started. So you know what? Here's what what we're going to do. All right, so we're going to start with Around the Boards this week, as we do every week. But this time, we're bringing back a little fan favorite. Or we hope it was a fan. It, Maybe. We hope it was a fan favorite. It was certainly a favorite of ours. Don't know. That's and a good that point. <laughs> is Around the Boards Oily Habs Edition. So starting off with oh, my man. Habs this year. I mean, look, I'm pleasantly surprised. And I'm sure that most other Canadian fans <laughs> are presently supli- surprised. They're certainly playing above expectation. The, uh, the four rookie D that started the year off. I mean, look. He, he, there, there's definitely growing pains for sure. There will be with four rookie D, but yeah, comparatively to what people I think were expecting, they actually played pretty well. So, I mean, from my perspective, whether there were mistakes, no mistake, it doesn't matter. They got some very valuable experience. There's obviously going to be a couple of these guys coming in and out of the lineup over the next little while with Edmondson and now Matheson back on the back end. So they'll kind of going to be rotating a little bit here over the course of the year, but they were all, all four of them were able to get a good, a good base. And I'm happy about that. Super pleased. Um, obvious, obvious, obviously that combined with yeah, uh, the electric chemistry between uh, Suzuki, Doc and Caulfield is a hey, listen. As soon as Doc got oh, on that man, line, yeah. you got a little bit of size. You got a little bit of size to, you know, give the other two some room yeah. if needed. Um, but I mean, the, the score sheet tells the story. I mean, you got Suzuki's got 23 in 18, and I believe he's top 10 in scoring right now. Uh, Caulfield, he got 18 in 19 games, and Doc's got, uh, sorry, Caulfield's got 19 in 18, and Doc has got 16 in 18. So, I mean, anybody who's watched the Habs this year knows that it's been a pretty exciting club to watch. I mean, I, that. That that game against Philadelphia was was pretty sweet. Yeah. I mean, I got to admit, know, like one point nine one point nine seconds left. You know, it's pretty sweet. Can't complain oh, yeah. there. So I mean, you know, the, the club is sitting seventeenth overall. And, yeah. And no. Before I go any further with this segment, like I'm I'm still not sure how I feel all feel about this. There's like half of me that obviously wants this team to bottom out and get like a top five pick. It's a deep draft, but there's good karma going on like okay you don't yeah. want to kind of mess with mess with good karma either like you know you, you hope that you know if they do well working like good karma good things will come to the team i yeah. know people are probably sitting there and they're like karma mike like give me a break dude they're 17th overall they're totally yeah. out of getting like an impact forward listen <laughs> good karma should bring us good stuff. That's what I'm going with. That's what I'm sticking with. But also, the isn't the idea that like you're you're in a good position? It means you don't really need the help. Like that's the concept, right? Like that's why you give more help to those who aren't doing so well. That's where they're the ones who end up picking up the the better picks. Um, so it's it's nice that things are clicking in Montreal. Things are working in Montreal. So in essence, if you don't need it, then that's good. Obviously, you always need. A, a top player you always want a top pick it's always nice because you get access to something that's potentially really special especially next year um but i don't know i like what i see in montreal i like the way you guys are going I like the direction i like the contracts I like everything about this team the management everything it's all working really well maybe 
something a little better in nets a little bit. Like you said that your D is starting to come together and maybe you don't need it there as well. So I don't know. I like my show. I, they're one of the, I don't listen. Don't get me wrong. Dad, settle down, relax. There is still love Boston more than Montreal. Just saying, Montreal, um, entertaining, fun. I like the direction. Oh, and, and at the end of the day, I do agree as well. Like, I mean, if they're where they're at now, and, and you can sit there and say, oh, okay, well, Marty uh, St. Louis getting the most out of these guys. Or, oh, okay, oh, okay. So nah. he's getting the most out of those guys. Like, that. that's what's happening in real life in real time here right now. Like, m- maybe Montreal nah. doesn't need to take two or three years to make this happen. I don't know. I mean, you know, did they trade off somebody like uh, uh, Josh Anderson or, or uh, you know, so- something of that like uh, at the deadline? And and maybe they get different other different pieces. Maybe they get somebody back that can get into their lineup right away as opposed to futures. You just never know what's going to happen. The point, of, exactly. the point of, the, uh, of the matter is Montreal's in 17th overall right now. Like whether you can whether you want to sit there and say they're playing above expectations or whether they should kind of pull it back, whatever. This is where they're at now. This is right, right. what they the cards yep. that they've been dealt with, and that's that's kind of where it sits right now. I mean, if they're if they're seventeenth overall, then that's where they should be. I mean, he's gotten what he's gotten out of that club, and that's, that, that what's wrong with seeing something seeing something grow yeah, and foster? Which, yeah, like something growing and fostering. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, so it's I mean, great. like I said, they're they're seventeenth overall, not uh, with a uh, nine eight and one record. The power play is kind of floundering at the bottom of the league a bit. Eighteen percent success rate. Uh, which is 27th overall. However, the team does sit in the top 10 at the, in, in uh, penalty killing at 81.4, which is eight. So with that return of Edmondson and Matheson, that's nice. like I mentioned earlier, it's going to push some of these younger kids down the lineup a little bit, potentially, you know, scratches or being sent down to Laval. But I mean, again, like I mentioned, the experience is invaluable. It, it's definitely still a team that's going to be looking to sell at the deadline. So this isn't like, this isn't like, okay, well, we're going to start to add, no, no, like yeah. the reality of it here is, is regardless of whether, where they finish in the standings, they won't be buyers at the deadline. This isn't some team that's trying to add, uh, you know, they're going to, yeah. they're, they're going to be sellers for sure more than anything else. And I mean, the no. only other thing that I had written down here was, of course, they're going to yeah. showcase some of these players throughout the deadline. Uh, and one of those could be, I don't think so, but could be Jake Allen. Now, listen, the peripheral numbers don't look good at all. 333 goals against average with an 898 save percentage. But when you put that into the context of the defense that he was playing in front of at the start of the year uh, or behind or the the defense that was playing in front of him at the start of the year and the team that he's playing for, I mean, it's not exactly known as a defense or juggernaut right now, right? So so considering that i mean he's played really really well and given <laughs> no. that team a chance to win on many a nights uh, so i mean again i'm sure there's some habs fans that are like trade him now so we start losing games but irregardless that is what it is uh the only other thing i'll mention is of course i want to <laughs> note uh with montreal where they're at they're certainly you know keeping an eye on some of their young kids whether that be uh in montreal in laval or in the junior leagues and a couple of guys that i did want to note specifically in the uh, qmjhl riley kidney he's got 34 points in 21 games he's fourth in scoring in the queue and another uh, montreal prospect joshua roy uh, uh he's got 30 points in 19 games he sits 12th in scoring in that league so just you know just a little nugget there for uh, for the prospects that who we are definitely going to be keeping an eye on here over the next little while. So there's your uh, there's your Habs news for the next little bit. Well, honestly, again, like I, like I mentioned earlier, it is a fun team. It is a fun it's a fun process to sort of watch again because I'm not 
you know, I have nothing invested in the, in the Habs whatsoever. So from the outside looking in, when I see that the Habs, like the other day, again, you mentioned the game Philly, the, the vibe in Montreal, you can tell it's like the fans were, it's like there was a, it was a playoff game. Like the fans are have yep. reinvested in this game or in this team, whereas last year, halfway through the season, when it wasn't St. Louis and the team was really struggling in it at the beginning, you know, the was it Bergevin who said like, "No, we're going back to the playoffs." Like, give me a break! Like, it was such a joke. But the yeah. fans were engaged, but it, it turned sour really fast. And then when St. Louis took over, and then there was a the slow yeah. rebuild and the management changes and all that kind of stuff. Now to see. The fans as excited as they are for this team, that's awesome. Like you got to feel really good for Suzuki and Caulfield, especially because they were kind of pointed at at the beginning of the the downward spiral as being like huge question marks. Like what are we doing with these two kids? Like either they're shit players or we're going to ruin them one way or another. It doesn't matter. Like it was, everything was so negative about the team and it, a lot of it landed on them. To see St. Louis take these kids and turn them around and now everyone's excited for them and like they're both leading the, their teams and goals with 11 apiece. Like they're engaged. The fans are engaged. There's life back in this in this franchise, which is great to see because it's great for hockey. So I don't know. I, again, like I, <laughs> my father is really upset with me right now. But dad, seriously, relax. This is good. This is a good thing for hockey. Well, I mean, whether you're a Habs fan or whether you're a, a, just a plain hockey fan and, and don't necessarily have any allegiance. I mean, the, the nice thing, especially when it comes to Montreal and, you know, you can throw basically the original six in yeah. there. And, and 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 maybe it's just because I've been so tuned into the Habs over the years, but I think you'll understand, Marty, when I when I say like whenever they have these stars, right? Like of course Suzuki and Caulfield right now, you know they're walking on water yeah. in that city right now, right? So watching those games, you know, either Suzuki or Caulfield will pick up the puck and they start kind of you know they move over center, move over the blue line and you just you hear the crowd like you hear that rising of 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 the the, the yeah, decibel level exactly. you know what i mean and and yes you get that yes you'll get that in every arena yes you'll get that even more in the original 6 but i would go as far as saying like you know boston to me is, is one of those one of those places and montreal yeah. is as well um what where i find boston really gets it is i i find I find that the crowd can just almost feel like it's coming in over you in Boston. When they score that goal and they've got that music playing, it just it feels like it just encapsulates yep. you. And as a as an opponent, I'd be like, <laughs> "Wow, man, like this is just yeah. nuts." But I feel like Montreal For has sure. that and it, it, you know, it kind of goes it kind of goes back to the whole flying Frenchman and you know all the stars yep. that they've had, you know, seeing the fleur kind of rip down the yes. wing. And just you know, the, you can he, you can hear the crowd. You don't even need to be watching the game, and you you can you know when Montreal is is making a big rush and, and it's a star player. Like you can just hear it in the crowd, and I know you can hear it in all the arenas, but I just find it's different in certain arenas. Absolutely, Montreal like of, Montreal's got one of those those crowds. Like if you think about all the games with all the important games that Montreal has had, especially in the form, if there was a way you could listen to just the crowd and not have an announcer, those were, those would be one of the teams that I would want that for. I would want to be able to hear that crowd and yeah. hear the the enthusiasm and the momentum just going with the player until mm-hmm. there's a goal and then the eruption and everything. So yeah, it'd be, it'd be an interesting yeah. thing if you can sort of request like, okay, I want to pick this game or this team and this game in history and I'll remove 
all of the other commentators and everything else in the background. I just want to hear the crowds. That'd be a cool little feature that you can do. I don't know who would be. That would, would be. be and then, then again, like you just get the fans, like oh, and the the crunch of the the form ice and everything, and the the tape and the puck and everything. Yeah. I'm an audiophile, right? So that kind of stuff really turns me on. So it's like audio porn for me. That would be really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, moving on to and keeping up with the Oily Habs segment, we're going to do the Edmonton Oilers right now. And it, right now, we can't really begin here without talking about Jack Campbell. So first, the numbers. He's yes. six and four, and it sounds pretty good. But then you follow it up with four twenty seven and nine seventy three. That absolutely doesn't sound good anymore. Uh, like it's no secret that he's struggling. It's also no secret that Skinner actually is not struggling at all, not in the least. He's four and four, which doesn't sound great, but his two sixty nine and nine eighteen does. Um, so where does that leave the oils in nets specifically? So <clears throat> in all honesty, <laughs> we need Ws. That's at the end of the day, we just need some wins. I know we're, I think at this point now we're ten and eight, uh, a modest winning streak of like I think two games. But in the end, it's all about Ws. So we also need, but honestly, we also need Campbell to figure this out. He needs games in order to do that. So what does Woodcroft, or what is exactly what is Woodcroft supposed to do? Like, how do you mm-hmm. ensure that your team is doing well while also helping out your goalie? So honestly, your guess is good as mine. But the best plan I can come up with is a concept that, like, or it's a tandem. And you go Skinner at 1A and Campbell at 1B, meaning that Skinner gets the nod in more important games. One sec, I'm choking. <coughs> ah, that Yumbab is really good. <coughs> so that means that um, Skinner would actually get the more important games. And then Campbell gets whatever's left over to try to help him continue to figure this out. So things that have less pressure, uh, you know, games that you kind of expect to sort of run away with, uh, whatever. And, that, and that's kind of the the only way, in my mind anyways, the only way you kind of ease Campbell back into a, uh, a winning streak, something to help his confidence, but maintaining as many Ws as you can. And that's why Skinner, like this, this whole thing kind of reminds me of St. Louis and what they've been doing what they've had to go through with Bennington. Um, hopefully we don't lose our Huso, but who knows? But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, though, it's not all about Jack Campbell. Our secondary scoring continues to be an issue. And, it's, you know, quite honestly, 40% of goals scored for this team thus far have come from McDavid and Drysdale. 40%. Uh, Nugent Hyman are doing their part, but we've seen this before where they start out strong and they kind of fizzle out. Uh, Kane's injury does hurt, but he wasn't exactly bursting out of the gates the way we had hoped with five goals in 14 games. So this is this to me is almost the bigger issue that it, it's shitty because it, with Edmonton, it's similar to last year. There's no, there's not just one issue that's sinking this ship. It's two issues. The secondary scoring, which has always been a thing. And and the goaltending, like I mentioned already, but of the remaining seventeen players on the team, ten player ten players on this team have no goals. The rest are a mix of one, twos, and threes. So that's really horrible. So I'm looking at Barry, Nurse, McLeod, Fogel, Pugliarvi, and Yamamoto. These players are proving yet again that they cannot be trusted. Uh, the t- this team, as constructed, constructed, sorry, will not bring us a cup, and we will waste yet another year of McDavid and Drysdale. So are fans done with this? Done with this management? Do we need to re? We don't necessarily re- need to rebuild. I think an overhaul of some sort is completely necessary and absolutely long overdue. But how do you do that while still going in the right direction? How do you do that without losing too many fans? Because this, like this, can't continue. And that statement was relevant two years ago. 
And I, I'm really, I did think that, and I'm 100% guilty of saying that, you know, Campbell, like I thought, great addition. This is going to be one of the reasons why we turned the corner. Absolutely. But I expected more to be done with the likes of, you know, Yamamoto and Pugliarvi. I understand there were cap issues and whatnot. Um, but still, there's always something that you can do. There's always things that you can do. I don't know if it's their scouting department that needs to be fired. And we need to find other ways to bring in people who will actually, you know, score goals. Actually be part of a secondary scoring system that actually works. Because this is the same problem that never goes away. So, I don't know. Like this, In my opinion, yeah, we'll probably make the playoffs. We're looking a little bit better lately. Um, but seventh in goals per game. Um, and second in power play percentage is about where it ends for us because uh, goals against per game is 27th and penalty kills 28th. So yes, the goals per game being at seventh, you wonder, you look at that, you're like, oh, well, that's you know that's actually not terrible. Again, 40% of that is coming from McDavid and Dreisaitl. If you could actually do something second with your secondary scoring, sorry, that seventh becomes third, first maybe even. Like if you could actually kickstart your secondary scoring and get further down... I know seventh is good. I'm not supposed to complain about that, but because obviously your goaltending and your defense are still going to be an issue, if you can just sort of cement the secondary 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 scoring, then I think everything else kind of falls into place. Give Jack Campbell a little bit more time, and you'll be fine. So that's that's my oily hab. For me, in regards to the Oilers, it comes down to this. This could be a little long winded, so get ready, folks. Hmm. So you got McDavid and you got Drysital. They're eating a massive amount of your cap. I mean, you're up against the cap as, as a team. Now, I, listen, I, I know that potentially things could change here a little bit over the next couple of off-seasons, in particular this one coming up here uh, next summer, because it could go upwards, I think, of about $4 million. There's a potential of going up about $4 million from what it is. That's true. Anyway, yeah. anyway so there will be room there. But as we sit here today... You, you paid to get Kane back into the fold, which was a good move. Yes, it was. It, 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 it was a good move. But the, the issue, obviously, is that he isn't around for the next little while. And even when he does come back, where is he going to be at? Because let's face it, it slit his wrist. Like, yeah. that area. So, I mean, even when he does come back, it, it, like, it's, it's obviously not going to be exactly the same, even when he is, quote, unquote, recovered from the injury. Yeah. Like it's going to take time, timing and the whole nine yards. So yep. they're, they're in a spot right now where of course we know where Edmonton is finishing in regards to the standings in most of these, uh, I'll say what the last easily five, six years. I mean, yeah. with McDavid around, this team has been, uh, you know, on the top half rather than the bottom half of the league. So, yep. and I'm not, and I'm not saying that you cannot get value deep into a draft, but as we all know, folks, first round, there's there's a certain amount of percentage of those players that are going to, you know, it's a higher percentage of those players that are going to go into the league, and it just subsequently yeah. goes lower and lower as you go into the following rounds. So yes, it, gems can be found, but if Edmonton is continuously at the end of the first round here, now you're not able to stock those cupboards, or or you have to make sure that you have, I'll call it the Detroit Red Wings uh, front office, where they were able to find gems in like the last rounds of yeah. drafts. So. Unless you can find yep. those gems, and Edmonton has not been able to do that as of yet. I'm not saying that the team that's there now can't do it. I'm just saying that it hasn't. The cupboards aren't full. Right. So you're you're continuously trying to do a little bit of what Toronto's trying to do, and you're adding one million dollars, one point five million dollars, 
uh, you know, on these third and fourth liners over the course of your off season. So I, I'm, I'm worried that Edmonton is unfortunately just in a wheel turning around and around. And I kind of go back to when you mentioned, and of course it would be blasphemy to trade McDavid, although Gretzky had been traded, so it's not out of the question. But you did mention trading uh, yep. Leon Dreisaitl. And the reason for that is because, one, you're probably opening up your cap in regards to actual dollars that you can use again because you have to figure that the what you're getting back for him is definitely not going to be costing you what he's costing you now. So you're able to maybe potentially get two... Right. Or even depending, three players maybe for for him. So now you're able to fill up some of those spots, like you yeah. mentioned. Listen, I'm not saying that the Edmonton Oilers should be going out there and trading Leon Dreisaitl. I'm just saying that doing the same thing over and over is the definition of insanity. So, it, it I mean, yeah, you know, exactly. like listen, they went out and got Campbell. Unfortunately, it hasn't worked up to up to this date. There's lots of runway here oh, till the playoffs. This is lots of time for this guy to find his game. I mean, exactly. look, you know, you, you can sit there and say he dropped off in the second half of the season. And yes, anybody in their dog will agree with you. But what you can also say is remember the first half of his yep. season. Like, you know, somebody didn't jump into Jack Campbell's body and play for him and then leave and then leave midway through December, January. <laughs> like Jack Campbell was playing those games. Like he, yeah. he had a group, I think his goals against average was under two. Yeah, exactly. He had like a 930 something save percentage. And if it was, it wasn't 930, it was close. So, so as yeah, long exactly. as a few things here can, can, and again, we don't need this guy to be, I don't need Jack Campbell to be shutting everybody out every night. I need this guy. I need this guy to stay under did, three exactly. goals a game. He doesn't need, because I'm sorry when Edmonton's on, these the, uh, scoring three goals is on, they can do that with their eyes shut. Well, off. they do they do it to three to the clip of three and a half right now. So so if you so if Campbell can sit there and he can say okay I've let two in I can let one more in but that's it. Then going yeah. off of the numbers, you're winning more you're of those games win every time. than you're losing. So shit, I just realized sorry just right now as of today their, their goals per game and their goals against per game are identical at three point five six. That's weird. Sorry, but it's, you're right. Like the, Campbell doesn't need to stop all of them. He just needs to be. He needs to be what Darcy Cumper was for the Avalanche last year, um, and and that's not difficult. And that's not. And, and currently, that's not that far off for him to to reach. It's not. It's not out of his reach to get to where we need him to be within. You know, he's like we got. Uh, we all, we've only been through one quarter of the, of the entire season so far. He can pick it up halfway through the season, and we'd still be fine because Skinner's doing really good. He can pick up the slack for now, and, and Edmonton will be absolutely fine. I'm not worried that he'll like if if Jack Campbell does this year, like you're kind of what you were alluding to last year, um, earlier. If Jack Campbell does this year, but inverted to what he did last year, that means the backhand of this season will be when he's at his hottest. And, and guess what, what? That's when you roll into the playoffs. That's perfect. That's exactly exactly that's exactly what you want. So I don't know. I think there's lots of time, and there's lots of there's um there's a there's a great way to get to his game being where we need it to be. And like I said, it's a one A one B situation for now until Jack Campbell figures this out. 
and Skinner currently has the one A. I th- that's the reason why I'm mentioning that is because I I kind of just want to see that. I, I wish he could just come out and say it and just give us all all the fans like sort of a sense of security there. Where okay, listen, we see it too. Don't worry, uh, we're doing this now to help Campbell out, but also we need to get those W's. So Skinner's going to be starting the majority of the games for us. Let's say in the week we play four games. Well, guess what? Skinner's playing three, and Campbell's going to get, which I think it kind of goes without saying. And then Campbell will get that extra game, rather than trying to give Campbell two of those games or possibly three of those games, because you're just going to keep riding with the guy because you paid him the money. I don't want to see that because that's going to come at a cost, and then we're going to fall too far behind. And I don't think, as great as McDavid and Drysaddle are, they literally can't do everything. So we can't. I, and I don't want to lean on them that heavily so early. I'd rather them just kind of have the kind of season that they're having right now. McDavid's got 16 goals. Um, he's a beast this year. He's gonna. He's gonna. I said it was last year that he was gonna lead the league in scoring. Obviously, I was just a little bit anxious and I wanted to see it happen last year. But it seems like maybe the reality is gonna be this year because he has been absolutely dynamite this year. No surprise. But it just feels like every single season, it's like. My God, is this guy for real? Like again, is he do is he surprising me even more? Because he hasn't come out scoring goals like this yet in his career, and he hasn't had bad results in in uh, overall in the season in the goals category. But I've just never seen him explode out of the gate with sixteen out of twenty games. I believe it's, I believe that they played. So that says a lot. Well, you know what, McJesus, blah blah blah, this that and the other thing. I mean, you know, your Edmonton <laughs> Oilers are your Edmonton Oilers, like. We'll, 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 we'll see how it all it, – it will come down to goaltending, period. I mean, I mean, I that, that, so. that's just yeah. plain as day what it's going to come down to. And at this point, if I'm an Edmonton yeah. Oilers fan, regardless of the contract, I, I don't care. If at the end of the year it's Skinner, it's Skinner. If at the end of the year it's Campbell, it's Campbell. Let's run with this. Let's get this done because, exactly. like you said, off the top, I mean, you're – you're starting to waste some years here, so you got to figure this out and you got to figure it out quick. And actually, that's pretty much what happened in St. Louis. And then in the back end, Bennington in the playoffs actually refound his game at the right time. But there was some, there was too much going on with with St. Louis, and they kind of faltered. But I mean, again, a lot of a lot of similarities with what's happening in St. Louis with the Blues. Um, but it's enough of the Oilers. Why don't we get into? What you wanted to say originally? We're going to make it three for three here in Canadian teams. Is what we're going to do. And we're talking yes, we about are. the Winnipeg Respect. Jets. They are yes. your most consistent Canadian team this year at 10-5-1. and one. They're Good currently Lord. sitting fifth in the league by points percentage, not not in, in points, but by I went by points percentage. They're fifth in the league at five, six, uh, 6 5 6 They own the 19th ranked power play at 20.4%. But this is kind of where you can see that uh, Rick Bonus has definitely had his uh, a stamp on this team. They're ranked third overall right now on the penalty kill at 85%. And let's call it what it is. I mean, when you talk about the Winnipeg Jets, you're not really thinking about defensive stalwarts here. So Bonus has gone in there, and I know he was um, away from the team for a little while with uh, COVID issues, but he's definitely, I mean, Bonus and his systems have been put into place for the Jets. And I'll tell you what, I mean, right now they're ranked third in goals against per games played at 2.38. Again, that has a lot of, uh, uh, to do with bonus. Uh, and they're, they're, and they're sporting a, yeah. a, 
a 2.88 goals for per game. Now that's floundering a little bit, but of course, when you're kind of making that move from offensive to defensive, it kind of, you know, this kind of comes along with it a little bit, but I think you'd like with the, with the talent on that the jets have, I think you'd like to see them a little bit better than 23rd overall on the, uh, on the PP. So yeah, lots of, lots of work there, but yeah. they got the talent to make it happen. We'll see what, ha- I mean, you've got Ehlers here now that, uh, that's going to be out for a substantial amount of time. So that's a little bit of a hit to the team. But you know what? It probably ends up giving a little bit of a uh, an opportunity to uh, Cole Perfetti. So, I mean, if you've uh, if you've got him in your pool or if you're looking for somebody to maybe stream over the next couple of weeks, that's probably somebody that you definitely want to take a look at. Um, with that defensive system, Marty, I mean, obviously, Connor Hellebuck is definitely reaping the benefits of that. He sports an 8-4-1 record right now with a 2.07 goals against average and a 935 save percentage. Both of those numbers are second league-wide with a minimum of 10 games played. And on top of that, he's got a couple of uh, shutouts as well. So, I mean, Connor Hellebuck is back to the Connor Hellebuck that we've come to know and love. Uh, A little bit of an off here last year, but he's certainly getting the job done uh, for any fantasy team this year for sure. And we, Except I mean, for that goal against Pittsburgh, <laughs> that faux pas oh, with Crosby. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah, that was yeah. a big gaffe. Yeah. And, wow. and of course, of course it's Crosby. Of course right? it's Crosby. Like, it can't be anybody else on that lineup. But it's Crosby's... also the way Crosby played it, right? Like, he, he tricked I know, him. I he know. went to the one side, and he's like, I'm yeah. not there yeah. anymore. I'm over here. <laughs> it was ah, good. Hockey IQ for him, man. It. Hockey yeah. IQ. 100%. But, I mean, when it, comes to, when it comes to the Jets, they're definitely getting some balanced scoring. they got six players that have scored 10 points or more. Um their first and second lines. Uh, however, I mean, the first and second line, it, it, you can't go wrong. I mean, you've got uh, Dubois, Perfetti, you've got Wheeler on that second line. You had Ehlers on that first line. I think there's kind of a bit of a rotation going on there. Uh, but you've got uh, Shifley with Connor on that line too. So, And I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, maybe you lost a little bit with Ehlers, but Connor's been on the Schneid a little bit, and he's kind of gotten things back on track a little bit in regards to his goal scoring. He was putting up some decent amount of points, but the goal scoring was floundering a little bit, and he's seen the back of the net uh, over yeah. the past few games too. So, I mean, with this with this team, I mean, you got to you certainly have to uh, throw an honorable mention to uh, Josh Morrissey right now as well. I'm sorry, I didn't see I didn't see 16 points in 16 games coming from this guy. But I mean, when when it comes to uh, fantasy options, you, you can definitely look Winnipeg's way. They have they have some players there. I probably don't have the best player on my team with uh, Wheeler. He's probably uh hurting hurting a little bit there but uh Oof. but again this is a team that's playing really really well uh they're certainly put uh, stuck their nose out there in regards to a playoff team and i got to say i didn't think that they would necessarily be there after the year they had last year and bringing bonus in this year and the reason i say that is because i know that their man was trots yeah and i and i also know that they had actually kind of how do i say this with the whole, with the way Bonus kind of handled the stripping yeah. Wheeler of the C, this is again before a single game was played. It kind of maybe I created this in my mind, but we did talk about this. It felt like there was mm-hmm. all of a sudden there was a cloud over Winnipeg, and this season just didn't seem like it was off on the right foot at all. I and uh, the whole thing with Pierre Dubois too asking already like saying that he was going to be trade or not trade mm-hmm. asking for a trade or he wasn't going to resign or whatever it was. Um, it seemed like the team was already destined for bad things. Uh, again, having last season being the what it was, 
you kind of felt like, okay, the writing's on the wall for this team. It's a slow decline and some major changes are going to have to happen. But I believe the last thing that did happen in the offseason, right before the season started, was the stripping of Wheeler of the, the captaincy. Or maybe it was the announcement, maybe it was the shortly thereafter the announcement of three assistant captains. Um, either way, I felt like, for, for one, I kind of felt a bit of a disrespect to Blake Wheeler. Um, I still, to this day, don't think it was necessary to strip him of the captaincy. I do think this is part of the reason. His game was on a decline for the last two or three years, for sure. Uh, his last, uh, he had back-to-back, I think it was 91 or 92 seasons. And then shortly thereafter, his metrics really started to show that he was struggling. Um, his He was getting a lot of power play time, but his minutes overall were actually starting to drop. His shooting percentage was dropping. Uh, his... Uh, what is it? His there was another stat. It was like him in the offensive zone. Like he just he wasn't appearing like his old self. It, it appeared that he was that age was finally catching up to him. Um, but you know, still had the captaincy because I mean, he kind of still earns it uh, because he's the one of, if not the longest tenured uh, Winnipeg Jets player in their franchise. One of them, anyways, and it's got to be in the top five. So I still don't think it was necessary to strip him of the C. Um, obviously, they're they're probably happy with everything that's turned out. Um, but I would at least like to see Wheeler be traded to a contender so he can do something because um, it feels like he might be wasting away his his last or second to last uh, season, if if I can say that. No offense to Wheeler, but I mean he is on the way out. Well, I mean at, at the very least, he gives that team some veteran presence, and I know they've got a fair bit of it. I mean, you can throw Wheeler. Uh, Shifley in there. Connor's been around for a little bit as yeah. well. Uh, I mean, Ehlers, although he's not around the team right now, uh, being injured. But I mean, they do have some veteran leadership. I, I, I would just think that with the way things have played out so far this year, I mean, I, you know, if the right deal comes around, then yes, I suppose you could move him. Um, yeah. But I would, I would say the way things are going right now, and the way they. For for me, a lot of this has to do with bonus, and I I didn't think, and again, I think I, I I'm I'm in the same boat as you, Marty. I just felt like there was there was a bad vibe over the team to start the year, and I just didn't think this was going to work out. So I, I I mean, I'll be the first yeah. to say I have to be extremely honest that I'm surprised that Winnipeg is one, uh, um where they are and that's at the top of the central yeah and and i'll even go as far as saying marty i'm actually kind of surprised a little bit that they're even over 500 like again and again yes. I, I i'm not saying this going back a week i'm saying this going back to you know and end of august mm. middle of september like i just didn't see yeah. it and good on them good on them because yes yeah, so maybe i'm not getting as much as i would expect out of wheeler in a fantasy point uh but in real life though He's not doing so bad. I mean, you know, the first line's the first line. He's he. I believe he's on both second line, and I think he's on second power play. Not a hundred percent. Either either way, jeez, he better. Well, be. <laughs> maybe he is now with Ehlers uh, being out long term there. But oh, right. but they're in a good spot, yeah, and true. and and you know what they they bought into the system, uh, and and that's the other thing. Like I say, yeah. This whole thing could have kind of gone sideways. Uh, we didn't get the coach we wanted. Now we're settling for this guy. You know, this bonus even really feel like, oh, geez, you know, I was second fiddle, blah, blah, blah. Am I just kind of uh, a placeholder here? Uh, you know, even though Shovel Day Alpha and all say never yeah. say that, but you just kind of felt like maybe things wouldn't work out. And you know what? They've completely gone the other way. No. Good on them. 
And you know they're gonna they're certainly gonna need it with the division. That oh they're in. my god, yeah, big time. And I'll echo everything you just said. Absolutely, surprise are there. Uh, the record of ten five and one, and they're not exactly exploding for goals for at forty six, but their goals against sitting at thirty eight. Like this is exactly what you need in order to be where exactly where they are, which is sixth in the, in the Western Conference, ahead of teams like Edmonton, St. Louis, Calgary, Nashville, Minnesota. Like the I I had put Winnipeg down at the bottom, very much like you with the Chicago's, the San Jose's, the Arizona's. Um, so it, this is a pleasant surprise. I'm happy for them. The team really deserves it. A lot of but that's a, that's the other, that's the other side of this coin too. Is that Winnipeg actually always did have a lot of talent and never really had a reason to be a bad team. Just for whatever reason, they were missing something, and I really didn't expect it to be Rick Bonus. <laughs> so, uh, I wonder if, kudos to him. I wonder if the expectations kind of, you know, uh, were heightened a little bit when I think they they went to that uh, conference final, and I think it was against was it not against? Uh, I want to say Vegas, maybe. Either way, it was about two or three years back where they kind of went to a, uh, they, okay. they went to a conference final. They went deep into the playoffs anyway, and people were kind of expecting a little bit more out of them in the subsequent years. And we didn't kind of get it. I think we may be getting back to that a little True. bit now. That sounds familiar. Now. I think we might be getting a little uh, back to it a little bit right now, but you know, it's still early here. Let's see what happens. I mean, St. Louis is coming on big time there now too, after a big losing streak. Uh, you know, you got Colorado in that division. Minnesota's playing some really good hockey right now. I mean, I know, I think they had a little trip up the other night there, but they're kind of back to expected Minnesota wild hockey well a little bit closer to it we'll say but they're still sitting at eight at eight yes. and two um but again there's lots of room to grow. exactly and lots of time too so so it's all good yes um all right moving right along to uh i think the probably the last team in our around the boards uh for the night and it's the detroit red wings which is oh i love it like this is you know this is a very easy team to be enamored with and sort of cheer for because this is this is a good team. They're 14th in goals per game, um, 15th uh, goals against, 17th on power play, and 14th on the penalty kill at 79.6. That one's a little bit. I mean, I think that's the one that you'll see that stat probably change over the next few weeks because I don't know if you heard the rumor. Apparently, uh, um, uh, wow, Carlson is rumored to be the. So in Detroit, Detroit's rumored to be favored to pick up Eric Carlson. Mm. Now, this is coming from not the most reliable source in Darren McCarty, but maybe he is a reliable source. I mean, he's still affiliated with the team. Um, but, you know, and I've, and of course, this is coming off of Twitter. So who knows if his account is even the real one anymore, because now you can just pay for a blue damn checkmark. <laughs> so who knows what's going on? But I have seen it in a couple other stories where people are talking about how Detroit is is kicking the tires about it. Um, several people feel that there's it's a bit of a question mark as to why would Detroit do this move? And I think it's because they didn't necessarily expect to be where they are uh in the standings for one um because i certainly didn't expect them to be in seventh uh at nine and five and nine five and four um having scored almost 60 goals already with 59 but having let in 58 so it's defense that's a bit of an issue but on the other hand too defense is also helping them out like if you didn't see that holy shit more cider actually i forgot to mention that that was the first thing i wanted to mention off the top here did you see his uh fake shot pass through the legs like that against columbus the other night first period that was just holy geez that's fantastic that guy it it, someone mentioned it too on twitter that if if it was anybody else like if it was kyle mccarr who had made that move 
nobody would shut mm-hmm. up about it and everyone would you know oh my god it's the next coming of bobby or the whole bit like i mean like we're guilty of that too but that that kid can really can really play it but he's not the only one flip on it Hornick. it's Hornick. ronick am i saying it right yeah Hornick. you good ronick silent baby no there's an h in there it's Hornick. <laughs> too bad um <laughs> just like the b in my name all right fine we'll go that we have something in common uh but he's also playing very good hockey lately talk about that in a little bit but um it's just this team right now so like aside from larkin playing 20 minutes everyone else on this team under the 20 mark um but unlike in edmonton where 10 players don't even have a goal detroit is enjoying a balanced scoring where only five players are still searching for their first goal, with only two of those players having actually played more than 12 games. So, you know, I mentioned the D already. It seems like this team with the defense and everything is really, it's pieces are really starting to fall into place. Bertuzzi now off the injured, uh, he, I think it was an ankle thing or something. He's back now and he's playing. So their second line power play is l- probably one of their hottest commodities because I believe they've got him in there and David, like, they've got a lot of other. Again, the whole secondary scoring thing. Uh, David Perot, Raymond, uh, Sutter, we might as well throw it in there as well. Like, there's a lot of players who are doing their parts. So there's all these nice little pieces that have fit in nicely. Again, Eisenman just knows exactly how to put together a chess set. Um, but really, one of the biggest and best reasons for this team is the consistent play of Vil Husso, who you know at seven and two. Um, sorry, seven two and three. But uh, sporting a 255 goals Damn. against and a 916 with two shutouts already. He's basically come as advertised the way he was last year. Um, I feel like he's even taken a step beyond that because clearly this is his team. Clearly he is their number one goalie, as he should be. It's a three-year contract. So I felt a little suspicious about the three-year contract. I thought, okay, so this feels like what? This feels like it could still be a bridge thing. It could still be a, a, a goalie tandem thing because it's not a whole lot of money for a whole lot of years. But no, I think the three-year contract, what it really was, was, okay, you kind of earned it, but you still haven't earned anything bigger. Let's see if you can earn it even more. Because I have a feeling that if he has back-to-back seasons like this, ends with numbers basically with what he's got here, and Detroit makes the playoffs, I see him signing a multi-year, long-term contract to stay in Detroit. And that's that extra piece that Eisenman has and now everything else really falls into place so I, I mean as exciting as it is to watch montreal and what they're doing there this is kind of similar in this sense with detroit because it's just amazing what eisenman can put together and pull from players and you just sort of see the process and you can really follow it along year after year after year and to me at this point now i feel detroit has entered that year of the fruits of eisenman's labor you're starting to see the pieces not just that they're there and you're aware of them, but things are starting to fit. And now everything's coming together and it's beautiful. It's magical. It's lovely. Wonderful. <laughs> I just, I, I love Detroit right now. Oh, so do I. And I mean, like you just mentioned, I mean, Montreal's where they are. Detroit was there. They've just had that time to kind of, you know, Eiserman has been able to kind of build this yep. up a little bit, you know, stock the cupboards. Yep. I mean, we, we all know that the guys yeah. that are currently on the team, right? I mean, your your uh, Lucas Raymond's Moritz Siders. I mean, you got uh, Edmondson on the uh, back end that's coming in. Kosa, goaltender. That's their goaltender of the yeah. future. And that's what I wanted to mention as well. That's right. So yeah, they did give uh, Huso the three year contract, and you figure, you know, if, if Kosa is the is the guy, and I, I think they're hoping that he is. He's a big goaltender. He's six foot six. Uh, you know, I'm yeah. not sure about the weight, but I mean, he's a big, big boy. So 
if he is, you got to figure that the three years go by here with Huso now. And and like you mentioned, they potentially give him either a two or three year just to give Kosa just that extra little bit, i.e. I, I a couple years in the minors and then maybe another year as a backup behind Huso. So they're definitely in a good spot. And, it, you know, we've talked endlessly about uh, Steve Eiserman. The guy can just build a hockey team. He did it in Tampa Bay. He's doing it again in Detroit. We've been saying it for as long as we've been on yeah. this podcast. Like, just hold on tight. If if your fantasy manager keep going to the Detroit well because they're gonna they're gonna continue to be there. And if you're Detroit, and if you're Detroit, I do. Oh, I got Kosa. It was a great move. It was a great move as a future star for sure. I'm not worried. And if you're Detroit, and if you're a Absolutely. Detroit fan, need I say more? I mean. Look what they're doing. So the fruits of your labor are right in front of And after that, uh, we'll just take a quick little break to have a word from our sponsors, DraftKings. And we'll be right back. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can enjoy just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That was enough excitement. You can turn small bets into even bigger payouts with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win and how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot and even bigger payouts. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet five dollars on any NHL team to win their game and get one hundred and fifty dollars in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Check my fanny. So, do we? I mean, it's over, right? Well, <laughs> come on. I mean, it's it, over. It, it's it's getting real close, dude. It's getting really close. Are we really gonna do this? Really, we're gonna hold on to hope? Is that what we're gonna do? Because I held on to hope all last year for Edmonton, and I know well, exactly what that got me. Well, listen, we had a blockbuster happened a couple nice. happened a couple evenings that. ago, but most of the league found out about it, I believe, yesterday. <laughs> Marty, do you want to tell the uh, the listeners what we got here in regards to a trade? So yeah, I, okay. So the Royals, the team that's already averaging what what would you say they're averaging fifty five? Oh yeah, close to close to sixty um, per week. Uh, I would say somewhere in the ballpark of like actually we can actually we can do this right. Anyways, the Royals are very good. They don't need the help. No, um, but I'm gonna tell you who they lost. They got rid of Adam Boquist. They got rid of Trevor Zegras and Matty Beniers. Okay. That I know. Like, oh, I know. Zegras and Beniers. Like, wow. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. You've already got enough pieces. You don't need them. Those are just, that's how good his team is. Those players are dispensable. You can get rid of them and it's okay. And then what do you get in return for players like that? You get an Aaron Eckbot. You get a Brian Rust, but you then you get a Nathan McKinnon. God, that's oh. it. I'm done. See, I'm. I mean, it's you know, if anything should get vetoed, that should be get vetoed. Now, <laughs> I'm kidding, Scott. Now, no veto. I mean, if if we're gonna say the whole trade here, I will mention as well that the Royals did give up a first round midseason next year to the Demons, and the Demons send back a third round mid-season in the same year so there's a little bit of picks moving around here too but yeah man oh man i like the team that the team that just put up 
the team that just put up 62 points this week, and if I'm not mistaken, he did mention to me that both Matty Beneers and Zegris were on the bench. That's right. Okay. And, and, and remember, folks, he still doesn't own Nathan McKinnon yet. 62 <laughs> points. Uh, like, I, it's, it's like, yeah. congrats, yeah, Scott. Congr- congrats, congrats, buddy. Yeah. Tom, congrats. Uh, you, you got some great pieces coming back. You got some, some nice studs coming back, doing a little bit of a retool, rebuild kind of thing. No, no issues there. But man, like, honestly, like the highest scoring team in the league this year adds Nathan McKinnon by far. And, and, like and, it, and, and, and like that wasn't enough. Like Ekblad on the back end. Ekblad. And then Ekblad. I'm sorry. And then I'm sorry. <laughs> but Brian Rust playing on Crosby's wing. Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. I'll, ha- I'll, I'll have two. It's like, yeah. <laughs> geez. So I know. can't. I I can't imagine on what planet this team does not win a championship. Go up against any team you've got. You could have a team with more players. I don't care. Bozer, Brat, Caulfield, Cairo, McKinnon, Stutzel, Suzuki, Kachuk, Kachuk, Falk, Fox, Carlson, Tilda. Although technically you've got Ekblad in there. So let's swap uh, Tilda for Ekblad or whatever. Leave Tilda in. He's also playing very wood, very well, by the way. I know. Um, that's his starting lineup that he's got set for period eight, which I'm sure he hasn't even looked at. Because sitting on the bench, he's got Fiala, Kempe, Line. Oh no, Line is on the injury. Anyways, Rust. There it is. Verhage, um, Chitrin, Georgiev, and Nets, Vanacek, Huso, Jerry. Like, I, I don't. How do you lose with this team? That's why when we were talking in text, I, and I know, I know what Scott. I know it bothers you, Scott, when I say that it's yours, your championship to lose. I know it bothers you, and I know why. Because you don't want to jinx it, you don't want to say there's a lot, and that's exactly what he said. There's lots of seasons, lots of games left, guys. And you know, and he's, and he's right. He's got a big two or, or no, he's got a big three weeks where he plays you, my brother, and, my, and myself. I think all within the next three or four weeks, whatever it is. And I and I hear you, but you've got nothing to worry about, Scott. Like there's there's facing. I'll say this much: Joel is not Joel is not that far from Scott right now in terms of points for. Mm-hmm. So Joel is the closest one. So Scott has scored 312 points for so far this season with the guys he's dressed when he's dressed them. And Joel has scored 293. He's the closest. He's 20 behind. That's He's the closest at 20 behind. Usually you see like two or three teams within 10 of each other. But Joel's the closest at 20. And then guess who's the next closest? Mr. Mike, for sure, at 46 you're an entire regular week yep. behind Scott in points for a normal team. And then guess who's behind that? 61. That's my dad. And then 74. That's me. I'm almost 100 points behind Scott, and I'm technically in third place. Like, that. this is what I mean, Scott. You And listen, I know you might hear my tone and be like, Marty, stop being so upset. I'm not upset. I'm not upset. It's absurd how good your team is. I need to go to this tone because I haven't seen a team this dominant before. And I also didn't see you, Scott, coming in this hot 
with this team. I expected growth, as I'm sure you did too. And I'm sure Mike did and everybody else. We all expected your team to grow and get a little bit better. You've always had a good team. You've been putting together these pieces together for the last two or three years, and, and, it's, and it shows. You put a lot of thought into it. And it's great. But to have the kind of jump you're having where I don't think you lose another game for the rest of the season, you will end at, what is it? We have 22 games in the, in the season, 22 weeks, I guess. 26. Something like that. 26. 26. Okay. So, Scott, you will finish 25 and 1. That's my prediction. Put, mark it down right now. And it'll be the, the season that, like no other, because you're going to, you can't keep all the players. So, next year, believe it or not, you'll actually get a little bit worse. But, fuck, man. No, maybe you won't. Maybe it'll get better. Like, who knows? You've got such a solid base. I'm just going to say this. Like, of all weeks, of all weeks that this guy gets McKinnon. He gets him on the damn week that I'm playing. Yeah, why not? You're going to go on a losing streak, bud. <laughs> or a winning oh, streak. Or no, losing. Oh, yeah. bud. Yeah, we're... Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the projections, right, for our website. Oh, yeah. yeah. 57.1 <laughs> for the Royals and 54.6 for the Dragons. I can't even beat him. Oh, anyway, this is... Uh, the projections are never even remotely close. You're not getting 54, oh, and he's not getting God. 57. He'll end up well over 60. And and you, on the other hand, yeah, you might end up at 54, but I don't know. Scott's getting 100 points one of these weeks. He's going to end up with 100 points. Watch it. Watch it happen. Anyway. He'll get 100 fucking points. That's what will happen. <laughs> anyway, I'm rooting for it. Uh, I don't know if I'm rooting for it, but... I'm rooting hey, for it. He's not playing against good. me. Good. Well, yeah, of course you're not rooting for it this week. Just wait, <laughs> you're coming. Your time's coming, bud. Your time's oh, yeah? Coming. Well, you and I, oh, actually, yeah. the, we faced off last week. Now we're on the season. We're 1-1 one because one, I beat you 48-41. I, and I don't think I, I was – was I trailing at any point? I don't think I was. Your team went to oh, sleep man. last week. I don't, I, don't even, I don't even care to talk about it. Where? <laughs> you know what? what the, yeah. I'm, gonna, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to take over this show, oh, and, and I'm going to move this along. That's what oh, I'm going to do. All right. If you don't, if you don't, fair enough. If you don't talk about it, it doesn't exist, right? (laughs) Well, exactly. But like, what? I I don't. I don't know. What's going on? What? McKinnon? I don't. Whatever. He doesn't play hockey. He's a politician. Ah, fuck no. (laughs) All right. Go ahead. Beauty's and the Beast. Then. Beauty's and the Beast. Let's get her going. Nick Suzuki, 5'11", 208 pounds, twenty three years old. (laughs) He's played eighteen games, eleven goals, twelve assists for twenty three points, plus four. And he's playing 20-42 of ice time per night. Even Damn. as a Habs, even as a Habs fan, there's no way. There's no way anybody <laughs> saw this coming. Hey, no. listen, somebody can sit there and tell me, yep, Suzuki's gonna be your top scorer. Okay, I'm sold. Suzuki, this, Suzuki, okay, I'm sold. But you can't tell me that, you know, 23 points in 18 games. You know, the last time I checked, he was top ten in scoring. Plus four. On the Montreal yeah, Canadiens? That's a big one. Like, sorry, bud. And he's playing almost 21 minutes a night. So, I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, the guy's just simply delivered, right? To the point and where, I mean, to the point where, I mean, the guy the guy he is even handling all the immense pressure that there is in Montreal, too. Like, I mean, you know how it is, Marty. If you're a Montreal Canadiens hockey player, you can't walk down those streets without somebody noticing. You know what I mean? So, it's just oh, never yeah. ending there. I mean, you can't ask for much more uh, from the captain. I mean, he's leading by example in several, uh, you know, with several big moments already this year. The hockey IQ is off the charts. I mean, the guy demonstrates to me the thing that I like the most about him is he's very 
patient and methodical in his approach. And I, 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 the example of that would be uh, the game against the Flyers and that uh, tying goal that they scored at one. I mean, if you, if you go back and look at it, he, I mean, you know, the clock's going down. He has the wherewithal to just hold on to it for another couple seconds and go cross ice with it rather than try and just put it on net and bang it in if he can. He's having fun. Hey, between him and and Suzuki, uh, him and uh, Caulfield, sorry, there's there's definitely, you know, a yin and a yang going on there. Like, I mean, they're, they're hanging out, you know, outside of the rink they're they're definitely in touch with each other for sure so it's definitely been something that's been extremely extremely great to watch i mean between those two i mean it's like they're twins for god's sakes man i mean you should know everywhere where they are caulfield got his uh his first ever hockey night in canada um towel the other day and you should see the video because suzuki was behind the cameras and freaking out about like oh actually it wasn't just Suzuki's a couple of guys and he was like oh yeah it's nice like it's just that that love and happiness and, yeah, and no. jovial and joking and just a bunch of kids playing hockey like it's well, that I mean, is this time so last year for this team this time last oh, year yeah. we remember what was going on there so yeah now next up Troy Terry yes Anaheim hasn't really done much this year I get you I get it but if we're talking about beauties I mean the guy's got Seven goals and thirteen assists for twenty points in in eighteen games. I mean, for Anaheim and and what's going on down there, yeah, you can't really complain. He's he's a minus three in nineteen fifty time on ice, so it's not like the guy's being sheltered and playing like under seventeen minutes there. He's exactly. playing he's playing some big minutes, playing on power play one, uh, basically first line uh at five on five i mean he's proven that last year wasn't a fluke at the end of the day it wasn't one hit wonder yeah and 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 let's call it what it is when you're talking about the anaheim ducks that is saying a lot like he had a great year last year he could have easily come into this year and been like okay well there's just not a massive amount of talent to play with they've got stuff coming up the pipe here uh currently on the roster and in the minors but they're just they need time to mature so it's, you know, he could easily come in there and been like, okay, well, I don't know if I'm going to have such a great, and he's, he's come out of the, you know, at the start of the year banging. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, he's point of game on, on that team. You can't go wrong. Uh, you know, it, and like I mentioned, it, it is just a matter of the talent develop, developing and maturing. Uh, but I mean, that being said, th- this player has definitely been a boon for them for sure. So, I mean, if you, if you don't have Troy Terry in your lineup, and if you if it is daily fantasy, it's it, he's definitely a great uh, streaming option if if you can get your hands on him in any way, shape, or form. Um, I mean, with An- and the thing of it is with Anaheim, right? He may go hot and cold a little bit, so he could be that type of guy that's going to be on the free agent market uh, before you know it. So keep your eyes out for that for sure. And you know what? I mean, that's a good point. Th- he's got to buy low potential um, because he's the kind of guy that's, he's on the kind of team that can go cold, which will affect everybody's value. Right. And then but he's the perfect candidate for buy low because he does. He is part of something exciting at Anaheim. There is enough to be excited there. It's just not anytime soon. But uh, that's, a, that's a good call on your part because, yeah, find, find, you'll have an opportunity to buy low with Terry 
and uh, and then you just gobble them up and then just enjoy the the point streaks because they they will come. I mean, just the team alone, right? It it screams hot and cold spells, right? So I mean, just yeah. wait, just wait until it kind of dives a little bit. And I mean, you've got enough of a, of a sample size with this player now that I mean, you know what he can do. You can trust. Maybe yeah. maybe he doesn't get you an eighty-five, ninety. Okay, but this could be a guy that's right in that seventy-point area. And Filler. Marty, we know exactly what those type of guys do for our, our uh, fantasy team. So. You end up needing them on the team, no matter who you are. So you got to pick up a, a 65, 70 point player at some point. They got to be on your starting roster at some point. And uh, to have the consistency that Terry has, yeah, you can do a lot worse. And I mean, you know, I, I mentioned Terry about a streaming option. If you want an even better streaming option right now, Brock Nelson out on the island, man. 6'4, 210. He's 31 years old. 19 games played. He has nine goals and 10 assists. So he's a point of game player, plus three. 1837 yeah 1837 of ice time you can't go wrong and this is definitely a player don't tell me that brock nelson was picked in any freaking draft that in september october like it would have to be one hell of a deep draft man to pick this player for sure i mean he's come kind of come out of nowhere he's been a semi-productive player throughout his career it's always been kind of you know lowered if you will if i could use that word just because of the type of team okay. that he plays for right but i mean yeah again if you sat there at the beginning of the year and you told me that he was going to be a point of game player this far in i would just flat out knock you right in the mouth man uh, yeah no nah, yeah you're crazy yet, go sit down. yet yet here here we stand man like the guy's 19 and 19 right he's definitely a great yeah. option for you for sure like i said in daily fantasy he's set, he's centering the second line and uh power play one He's playing some great hockey for the Isles right now. And quite simply, I'm sure he's just looking to continue that uh, after his impressive start. So, I mean, get your hands on him, especially in daily fantasy. I mean, with our with our type of pool, Marty, it's pretty difficult to get our hands on anybody really until midseason. But if you have any way or if your um, league is built in such a way where you can go after free agents uh, that are out there or... Uh, there's just a lot of training. This is potentially a guy that you may want to get your hands on right now because he has been hot. So uh, there you are, Brock Nelson, last uh, beauty. Yeah, I would week. imagine some. I, I would imagine some people, if they have Brock Nelson on their team, they're looking to sell high. So if you've got a player that has not maybe turned out as good this year, um, but has still has some hype behind him your opportunity to sell low and pick up something high I maybe grab brock nelson because i'm not necessarily convinced he's going to drop off this year just because the way the islanders have been playing um there's been a sense of resurgence lately with this team and they're pretty consistent lately and brock nelson's probably a big not probably he is one of the big reasons for that one of the big driving forces behind that um Bar- barzal has simply just decided not to score a single goal this year so that's going to be his season so somebody's going to have to uh brock nelson is i think probably that answer so i think it's a good opportunity to get rid of something that you maybe don't want and then pick up something that you, someone else may feel is um not necessarily sustainable but i do think brock nelson has some uh, pedigree behind him that not to necessarily say he's going to end with 82 and 82 uh, but I, I, I don't see no re- any reason why I can't continue end up somewhere between seven, maybe 75. I, mean, it's, I definitely agree with you. And it's a great point, Marty. I mean, sell high, buy low, right? And I mean, this is definitely yeah. kind of falls into that wheelhouse. So, I mean, do yeah. do what you will at your peril. Now, yeah. spe- <laughs> speaking of being in peril, oh, Victor, yeah. Victor Hedman, man, 
Now, this may, you know, this may be a little bit more uh, biased towards my uh, fantasy team, but I mean, you know, <laughs> he, it, it just, he hasn't come out the way we would expect him to, and I, that's probably the best way I can put it, plain and simple. Um, I mean, the guy's lost his spot on power play, won the Sugar Shab. Yeah. So, there now, is that a fluid yeah. situation or not? After a season of 85 points. Right after exactly. season 85 points. That's crazy. So, you know, whether whether its expectations are high, whatever the case may be, he's still... It, it's just not the, the, the headman that we've come to know and love over the, over the num- last number of years. Like I say, he's not on power play one. He's sitting on the second power play unit. And not that there's much bad... <clears throat> excuse me. Much bad with that. A lot of talent out there in uh, Tampa Bay. But, I mean, of course, if he can be on that first unit, all the better. Now... It's not like he, yes, he's been in, he's had a, a couple games injury, I think, this year where he's missed. Um, but, I mean, not much else has changed. I mean, he's still playing some massive minutes, 24-53. So the guy's playing 25 minutes tonight. He's a plus two. He's got nine points in 16 games. Now, look, from a defenseman's point of view, that isn't really horrible. Let's call it what it is. It's not horrible. But, unfortunately... True. When you put the the name ahead of those, those point totals, and we and we are talking yeah. Victor Hedman, something seems a little amiss. I mean, you would almost expect a point in the game or very close to. So it could just be the the, the injury. It, it could be maybe another little bit of a runway here. Maybe it gets on on a roll, and there is a lot of time for that to happen. But yeah. we also do know that Sergeyev was signed to an eight year contract, sixty four million, if I'm not mistaken eight times eight and at some i think so yeah and at some point like i mean everybody in the league any fantasy manager manager can see sergachev has got all the tools but when you're playing behind one of the best defensemen of this generation he's just not going to get the opportunities that he would have gotten with 31 of the other teams in the national hockey league exactly so is that is that transition happening now? I don't know. I would honestly think that Hedman's probably, when it's all said and done, still ends up on power play one. But there is definitely reason for that organization to have more of a fluid situation or start to make that transition mm-hmm. because of the investment that you put into Sergeyev. Again, like I say, yeah, exactly. again, like I say, I think that Hedman is still your guy. I think he's still going to be the power play one guy when it's all said and done. But it's definitely something yeah. that you're going to have to manage. Definitely something you're going to have to keep an eye out for. Thankfully, in our uh, in our pool, I've got both of them, so I can manage it a little bit that <laughs> I can manage it a little bit better that way. But it's it's certainly yeah. something that I'm going to want to keep my eye on over the course of the year here. Yep, um, and it's it's a good pickup in terms of um, your beast, but uh, you know maybe in the in the perfect realm of uh, exactly what I was talking about when we were talking about Brock Nelson is the um, sell low maybe buy high kind of thing Brock Nelson you're high Hedman you're low if you happen to have Hedman you could do a trade for Brock Nelson because that would actually probably go pretty well with anybody because of the hype that Hedman does carry with him but because he's sort of on the he's I wouldn't say he's currently on the backside of his career at 31 years Um, but it's certainly like you said or you're suggesting that there's going to be a transition soon with Sergachev and it's and it is going to be at a cost to Hedman so whether that's this year is the beginning of it, and that's what we're seeing right now, where he Hedman does end up back on the first power play and then sort of finishes the season there, and then next year maybe it's a little bit worse. 
But for now, in this season, it does seem like because everyone's got good seasons, everyone and everyone once in a while you get a really bad season. It does kind of whisper at the concept that this is Hedman's one of Hedman's going to be uh, one of Hedman's bad years. So maybe you do sell him. I don't know, Mike. You want to trade? <laughs> well, I think I'll hold on him for just a little, but we'll see, man. Just a little longer. But we'll see. I mean, you know. But uh, the, the one thing I will say about Hedman, and I'll, I'll uh, shoot it over to you for your beauties there, Marty, is you have to wonder, and, and look, I, I understand what I'm going to say here. It, both Sergachev and Hedman have played a lot of hockey over the last little while. But again, let's call it what it is. Hedman has That's played the more heavier minutes than Sergachev ever has. So, yes, although they have both gone through yes. these long playoffs, uh, the two seasons they won the Cup, and then, of course, the long uh, playoff run last year, so basically three full yeah. playoff runs. You got to start to wonder if maybe it's starting to wear on him a little bit. And with Sergachev just being the younger uh, gentleman out of the two, he just he's just got more piss and vinegar to him, really. It's not to say anything bad about uh, Hedman. Yep. You just got to wonder if it's starting to kind of wear on him a little bit. These have been some long playoff uh um, uh, runs that they've had over the past three years. Yeah, Hedman definitely has a lot of games under his belt. And being 6'6", 244, and a defenseman, uh, he's got a bit of an injury history too. So all those things combined, yeah, that's going to... Maybe the attempt here is actually to give Hedman some longevity Perhaps, yeah. and sort of take some of the pressure off when you don't need the pressure on. Um, there is no pressure now, so relieve him a little bit. It's kind of like the load management thing that they're doing with Kawhi Leonard over in, a, in, a, in a Los Angeles and Clippers. But really, I think Hedman will be like, you're smart not to trade him. I think Hedman will be fine. Um, and look for him on the back end of the season to just to really rekindle the numbers that we're all familiar with Hedman. So <laughs> my cats are fighting in the background. Shut up. <laughs> oh, one's really going to get the other one. Okay. We might hear some rare rare going on in the background because now it's my turn with the beauties. <laughs> oh. That's a big pin. He pinned him down. Well done, Minu. Got yeah. a match going on. Over okay, there. <laughs> so my oh yeah, it's a good one too. We got Minu and Binks, and uh, <laughs> Binks nice. just tapped him on the head. Okay, sorry guys. So Sidney Crosby is where I start with my beauty. So he's still very much Sidney Crosby doing Sidney oh, Crosby things, and he's as consistent as ever, and he's as much of the driving force behind Pittsburgh as ever. And that's what I'm really impressed with because really it's him and Malkin. Malkin's also having a bit of a resurgence there too. So it's those two guys, and it feels great. Uh, Ten goals, seventeen assists in nineteen games. Unfortunately, it's at a minus one this far, but that's kind of a, a thing going on with the whole team where Pittsburgh is lately not Pittsburgh. I'm sure they'll get out of it. Bit of a funk. Happens to everybody. No big deal. But uh, back to Sidney Crosby. He's averaging just a shade under 20 minutes a game and shelling out 23 hits, which suggests he's feeling really good. And his game against Chicago showed his fire is still very much alive. Like there's something extra good about his game this year. And for whatever reason, I see him scoring near 40 this year with 11 points and four of those goals in his last uh, four games played. It's kind of a good indication of where he feels and where his hockey game is today. And I think... I don't know. Again, there's just something about this season with him and Malcolm playing really well. You kind of see something happening. It's it's nice. It's like an old Sidney Crosby. So I'm suggesting that he lands somewhere near 40 in terms of goals this year just because he's he's been scoring a lot of goals. And like the play against Chicago where the puck came uh, out to him after he had already shot it. I feel like I actually really expected him to pass it because I think it was Russ who was on the uh, on the right side. Uh, and he was kind of wide open. 
in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, he's going to pass it as the play was going along. But no, he took it, went to his backhand, and, and you know, went top shelf and the whole bit. And it was a beautiful goal. And there it is. Meow, meow. Yeah, <laughs> see, you hear that? <laughs> Jesus, idiots. Um, anyway, so, yeah, it just seemed like um, they were, so, sorry, for Crosby, seems like he's ready to do a little bit more this season. And I think it's because he feels healthy this year. So good on him. Well, I mean, with, with that team and Brian Burke and and uh, Ron Hextall, I mean, they kind of laid out the whole plans as it was anyway. I mean, y- you're going to bring back the band. You're going to make. You're going to take another run with this. So they've got all the reason to kind of, you know, really not like. The, I'm not saying that they don't put everything into it every year, but I'm just saying like like all right, both Crosby. Uh, um, Malkin and Latang, they know that this is not going to go on forever, and they also know, and they also know yeah. that they're gonna they're, they're gonna have to take advantage of these beginning years here. I mean, you're not gonna want to try and give it a go in this sixth year of Latang's new six year contract, right? <laughs> so, it, 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 yeah, it, <laughs> I, I guess at the end of the day, what I'm saying here is it is in the now for this team. So. It's not surprising to see Crosby yeah. doing what he's doing. One, because he's Sidney Crosby. And two, because of the situation that they find themselves in. They know they still have uh, the mm-hmm. gumption to get it done. They still have the experience to get it done. Um, a big thing with this team will always be injuries over the next little while. So if they can if they can continue to stay healthy, uh, you know, I, I kind of going off of what you said, Crosby doing Crosby things, I would tend to see doing Pumpkin. things Went with the big word i like that yes, good yes, job yes. <laughs> you know? all right so moving on matthew kachuk who's proving himself to be worth of the worthy of the hype uh in florida um he hasn't slowed down one bit since coming over in that blockbuster trade so overall he's sitting at eight goals and 17 assists in 17 games um but better still he's on a four game point streak right now with eight points in that span three goals in each of his last three games as well so i mean he's really dialed in right now and sitting pretty with a plus nine overall so he's kind of doing everything so i mean this guy has 100 percent come as advertised so i see nothing in this game to suggest he will slow down at any point so if you've got him on your team it's no reason to dress him every single night as scott does and that's exactly one of the major reasons why scott is doing so well both kachucks are doing really really well this season and scott happens to have both of them so see scott knows what he's doing and that's why he's leading so if you've got kachuk you just keep doing. Even if he's playing two games that week, I don't know. I would. I'm probably. I would probably still dress him. So as a whole, Florida may not be as powerful as they were last year, but it's certainly not due to the acquisition of Kachuk, who seems to be basically carrying this team on his back at the moment. So go ahead and dress him, and absolutely forget about it for the whole season. I think because Kachuk is the real deal, hundred percent. I both. Oh, of them listen. Are I mean, the guy, the guy scored over a hundred points last year, and yeah, I'm not saying I didn't believe in the guy. But as soon as that trade went down and I saw Huberto and Uyghur come mm-hmm. come back the other way, I said, mm. I'm like, how is this going to turn out? And listen, I'm just flat out going to say it. I mean, I'm, 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 yep. I'm surprised at how well he's doing, Marty. Me too. I, 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 and yes, and yes, very well aware of what he put up last year. Goudreau, Flames, first line, awesome first line, good at the whole nine yards. I just, I, I got a sense that, you know, the, there wasn't going to maybe be as much around him, um, you know, kind of going to a new spot, this and that and the other. But I mean, dude, like, he, like he's got 25 points in 17 games. Like, yeah, I mean, 
And when you look at Goudreau and what he's done in Columbus, nothing. Well, not sorry, I shouldn't say nothing. He's but shy I, of a point look, of game, but he's 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 nowhere near what he what he was. I mean, he's and he's certainly not near what Kachuk is. So it kind of begs the question: Did Goudreau ride Kachuk last year in Calgary, as opposed to what everybody else assumed, which was Kachuk riding Goudreau? Um, so I I think this kind of shows that Kachuk was maybe the real all star of that team. Uh, in that season last year in Calgary. So, like, you know, good for Kachuk. Uh, honestly, like, he's there's no reason not to like him or like his game. He's a great hockey player, comes from a great hockey family, the whole bit. Um, both Kachuks, again. <laughs> but Matthew Kachuk taking the reins in Florida, I did not see this coming at all. I saw him doing well, but not, not back to uh, another 100-plus point season. In fact, I wonder if he'll even beat what he did last year. With seemingly slightly less than what he had last year. Again, this Agreed. goes to me, it tells me that like he was the real leader in Calgary last year. In you know, maybe not in the dressing room or whatever, but he was the one driving that offense, I think. Well, I mean, and we've said it before, right, Marty? And I'm not gonna, you know, uh, beat a dead horse here, but when it comes to Kachuk, it's the intangibles. It's it's that yeah. I mean, this guy's getting you twenty five points in seventeen games, but it's it's the other stuff. It's the mucking it up in the corner. It's getting under the goaltender's skin. It's getting under anybody's skin for that matter. Like <laughs> yeah. it just he he brings an element to yeah. a game of hockey that you just don't get uh, very much of in the league. And then on yeah. top of that, somebody that can produce like that. Like it, it, yeah. it's a bonus on top of a bonus, and we we mentioned that before and. Uh, again, I I thought he would do well, you know, maybe flirt with a point a game potentially, but this yeah. is this is I mean not this. He, yeah. He's he's gone. He's, down. he's entered because he's a pest. He's kind of entered the realm of Brad Marchand. Um, yeah. The only positive, the only difference here is I think Kachuk's doing it earlier. When Marchand came into the league, he was just a pest. He could yeah. score goals, but he didn't average over a point a game. He sat somewhere in the 55-60 zone. Then the game changed around him, and Marshawn had to do something about his game. And you know, kudos to him; he has since become a perennial top ten, uh, maybe even top five in the league. Like he's definitely over a point a game every single season um, since he decided to change how he actually approached the game. Well, with Matthew Kachuk, he's starting earlier than Brad Marchand did, so I think there's a the longevity there for him. So Kachuk is definitely one of the best pieces to get. So if you don't have him already, um, I don't know, <laughs> beg, borrow, and steal until you can get him. <laughs> Um, so last of my beauty is, uh, Ronick. I said it right. <laughs> Flip Ronick may not be the defenseman people think of in Detroit, but the, they better start. Honestly, overall four goals and 10 assists in 18 games to go with a plus seven on a season, uh, which is pretty good. And in his last four games, he's been even better. He's sitting pretty with four goals and two assists. So six, six points in those last four games. Yes, four goals. The ones that he's got in total for the season have come in the last four games. So this is why I put him there because lately he's been very hot. He is more of a perennial, seemingly more of a perennial 30, 25 to 30 point player. He had 38, I believe, last year, but the year before that he had 25, right? He's still fresh to the league. I think this is only his fourth or fifth season in the league. So there's there's still a lot of uh, time to create uh, a permanent ceiling for him. But at least for now, there's a reason to kind of ride with him and, and go with this because Detroit is being 
smart about this. They're actually including him on power plays, or I believe he's on the second power play, um, with Bertuzzi, who's now back from his injury as well, and they've got Perot on that line too. There's enough people around him as he anchors this second power play line, and those two power play lines actually play pretty evenly. So it's it's a great opportunity to pick up a player that is most likely flying under the radar for most managers, and if you're looking to trade to get him, it, I don't think it would take you all that much to get him. Maybe someone is trying to pick him up in our league. Maybe that's what we talked about earlier. I don't know. Maybe we did, but you maybe we didn't. Dirty dog. <laughs> or maybe I'm lying. Maybe I'm lying. I don't know what to believe anymore. <laughs> Nobody does. Neither do I. <laughs> but so and I'll and just on that note, I'll end it with my beasts and oh my god, Andrew Mangiapane. Um, I, he's simply not the man he was last year. Of course, you know, the, the same could be said about the whole Flames team, but for now, we'll just focus on the guy who scored 35 goals last year. And after 17 games this year, he's mustered just three goals and three assists. In his last seven games, he's got one goal, one assist with 14 shots on goal. So he's trying. He's just having trouble finding the back of the net. I would strongly suggest sitting him until the drought ends. And in fact, I would sit him until the entire Flames team figures it out. Because quite frankly, they're in a downward spiral. And I I think this might take a while for not just him, but the whole team. But if we're focusing on him... He's one of the major reasons why this team is faltering because he's simply not putting up anything. He was supposed to be a big part of the offense this year, and he's simply not. Now, there's something else going on with this team, but it's obviously having a massive effect on Manjie Payne. Well, I mean, to to me, it, it, it has to do with the, the, the new faces that are coming into the club. Wow. I. I... Manchipani's struggles are even more magnified because of the fact that Huberdeau was having such a uh, uh, a tough start to the year. I mean, your 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 guy that was supposed to kind of replace Goudreau slash Kachuk, whatever, comes on yeah. the first line. He really does nothing. Um, I mean, you've got that Ru- Adam Ruzicka kid up on the first line right now. So don't tell me that that that's the way they wanted yeah. it to play out. Um, no, I I, I do still believe in the flames um as long as daryl sutter's there i i just think you've got what yeah. you need the only time that that can go sour is whenever they tune him out uh and uh, you know true sutter is the type of guy that they can potentially tune out i just think that uh i just think that it, it's a case where once some of these players just kind of settle in a little bit and i know we're yeah. 20 we're, we're getting to a point here where they're gonna have to settle in pretty quick and i do realize that but I, I just think that there's enough on that club uh, that they will figure this Absolutely. out. Absolutely. That they will fig- figure this out. But I, I do agree with you, Marty. I mean, you certainly can't be playing him right now, flat out. Um, in a lot of cases, if you own the Lindholms, if you own uh, the Uyghurs, if you own yeah. I mean, you know, even uh, Rasmus Anderson, it's not that they're not doing well. You just you got to kind of pick and choose a little bit here. They're, they're, they're having some good weeks. Then they're following that up True. with kind of a, you know, a soft week. So yeah. be, you know, tread, tread cautiously. Tread comes, lightly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when, when, when it comes yeah. to the flames, I mean, great yeah. team. And I, I just think they have too much there to not figure it out. But when you're, when you're in daily fantasy, when you're in fantasy sports, 
If they're not getting it yeah. done for you, you got to put the guy in that is. You got to move on. Yeah. And I I, I, I want to say it's, I think it's the Buccaneers. My dad, I think he has him. And I don't think he's dressed him since week one, mm-hmm. two. No, sorry. Week two, he dressed him. And then since then, he's sad him because, like you said, the whole team, it's a struggle for the whole team. But, like, the way Manjapan is his, his playing and the way he, he – let's be honest – He's a player that benefits from the te- from the teammates around him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't lead. He doesn't push it forward. He just sort of finishes the play for you, and that's who he is. So, so long as the team is suffering, he will be suffering as well. And, and that's just and it's it's okay. Like every team needs players that can be counted on to put the puck in the net, but also don't necessarily aren't aren't necessarily the ones who are putting the puck towards the net either. The guy who just sort of gets in there and gets dirty and sort of cleans up the mess but doesn't really drive the, the play forward, that's what he is. In my mind, I could be wrong, still young, lots of time, but in for me, so long as this team is suffering, don't dress him. Wait until this team figures it out and then magically you'll see his numbers are going to start to go up and that's when you can start considering uh, dressing him again. Because But for now... Uh, sit him and bench just, him, you know, man. Set it, just it's bench set him. it and forget it, right? We need to bench him and something else. We need to come up with something, a little catchphrase. Set it and forget it, bench him and bench him and uh, something. We'll come up with something. <laughs> come up with something. We'll put it on Twitter. Have a look there, folks. That, that is the end of our show. The end of five of the in beast. the books. Five in the books. And thank you very much, everybody. We've seen you. We hear you. Ireland. Uh, Norway in the States we picked up a, a lot of listeners out there too so thank you all very much uh, we're, we're flattered with the numbers that we've been seeing lately so thank you thank you very much thanks to everyone out there for listening if you're interested in reaching out to us you can email us at two guys a league and some guests at gmail.com you can find our latest episodes at anchor.fm slash Tugalag. Or you can follow us on Twitter, where you can find all of our info. Our handle is at Tugalag. That's the number two, followed by G-A-L-A-G. Don't forget to like, follow, and share. Thanks for listening, and until next time.